0: It's always very tempting because you do see all the glitz and glamour and think, I should be doing that. Okay, so we're talking about the market update, where the market's at, where it's been, where it's headed.
1: There's surely the numbers, for, on a national level at least, totally support what you were saying this time last year, which is that the market would cool, but it would be a crash, that prices might correct, but they won't drop, at least in these areas. So everything that you said, everything you said this time last year has panned out. Has there been any changes to who's buying?
0: Not really. We had a uh, summer last year, we had a lot of Americans in the market and Canadians, and then it went a little bit quiet, and then they've come back again this summer. And I think that's because they, when they come over to Europe, they treat it as a big vacation, so they need a couple of weeks at least. So that's when they come is in the summer, in the summer months generally. So we were very busy again, with our North American friends uh, in the summer of 2023, as we were last year. No, do you know, the the market, in terms of who's buying, it's, again, it's all over the place. You know, we've got, we've had British people, we've had North Europeans, we've had Middle East, we've had States, Canada. And, you know, we've had people from Eastern European countries, I would say, uh, more than previous years. And I think that's because of their proximity to what is currently a war zone. Maybe they're getting a little bit nervous and want to move their their money out. So that's the only significant difference, I would say. Um, But I mentioned in the other video that, you know, we've had a really good year. So, yes, you're right. You know, the last two years were, were very strong. And I think 2021 and probably part of 2022, we were still satisfying that pent up post COVID demand of people who wanted to change their lives after COVID and could work from home and wanted a bigger place. They wanted that bigger place in the sun. I think we've probably. We've probably been satisfied that that of demand now. So while there is still demand along those lines, I think the, the COVID-generated demand has now been satisfied. So I think we're returning to a more normalized market where it's going along very nicely. There's lots of people in the market, but there's more competition for us, more agents in the market. Um, so it probably feels a little more painful for the agents, but there's still a good flow of clients. Our lead flow is, yeah, it's down a little bit, but the quality of our clients is is up. I think this will be the first um, the first year where we have lead flow with an average budget of over a million euros. So yeah, it's it's going fine. This will be our most successful year ever, um, com- you know even compared to the last two years. I know so- some agents are saying it's a little quieter for them. and it's interesting because we don't we don't advertise in any of the languages, so you know we have an English language website, we don't profess to to speak 15 languages like some agents do. So we we attract people who want to or are happy to converse in English. And I think that is is important. Um, I think what's also important is that although maybe our lead flow is down slightly, not noticeably, but maybe slightly, but what's helped us this year is our conversion rate from the lead coming into the business and then obviously to sale has gone up markedly. And I think that's because of the way that we're marketing. So we're doing a lot more on video, which means that when the client eventually gets to you on the ground, they feel like they know you, and that means that you're further along the sales funnel um, than having to convince them to like you. And I know that sounds really uh, sort of, duh, but that's that's how it how it feels, and our numbers back that up.
1: Is it fair to say that in a market where everybody has access to the same stock, the only differentiating factor is the agency themselves in terms of their style and service? Expertise. Yeah, I, I think so. And I say
0: to to our, our recruits and the people in our business, I say, to be good in this market, and it's a crowded market, to be good in this market, you need to be really good. I mean, eight or nine out of 10 on four key things. First one is being able to get on with people. So rapport building, critical in any sales uh, environment. Second one is product knowledge. You've got to know what you're talking about better than the next guy. Third one is perseverance. You know, don't give up. You know, clients may buy something in the first trip they might might not buy for 10 years. Don't give up. And the fourth one is attention to detail. You can lose a deal like that if you say the wrong thing or somebody else says the wrong thing or you've sent the wrong information. That that trust and that that deal that looks like it's going to be a winner can just disappear overnight. So unless you're scoring highly on all four of those metrics, there'll be someone else who's doing better than you. And I say that to everyone just to try and keep everyone on their toes. It's a, it's a competitive market. The clients have a choice of who to work with. And yeah, very often it is. It is a case of you know, who do I want to spend my time with as a client? You know, I, I'm the same when I go and buy in, in the UK, for instance. I, I want to spend time with someone who knows the stuff, but also I want to have a giggle. I want to I want to like that
1: person enough to maybe spend a whole day in a car with them. So yeah, there is. I mean, your marketing is this, right? It's it's consultative. It's not particularly flashy. Um, oh, thanks. Now, there's an American expression that's going to make you want to... Throw up? Throw up a little. Okay. And that is, your vibe is your tribe. Oh, like that. It's true. So, like-minded people want to buy from like-minded people. Yeah. Is that something you found? Absolutely. Absolutely. We, you know, over the last four or five years, we've
0: come up against some really, um, what's the word, glitzy agents who you know, I think off the back of a lot of the TV programs that we've seen, you know, like selling sunsets and stuff like that, where they're all driving around in amazing cars and wearing amazing clothes and looking at amazing houses. And we'd all love to operate in that world, but it's not a world that suits me as a person. I'm pretty grounded. I've I've come from a very sort of grounded background. And I, I think that there is a tribe for, for those agents who want that who want that you know they want to be taken to a house in a lamborghini and get a helicopter to lunch and stuff that's great fantastic but that's not our tribe and it never has been and it probably never will be what were i think what we appeal to is people who want common sense advice uh who you know yes we take our business very seriously but we also you know we enjoy our lives and we 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 have other interests but i think that you know people who who want that fancy dance stuff no, it's it's probably you're coming to the wrong place and and the reason we don't—I mean, we could. Anyone can produce a video with a, a Lamborghini and a nice villa and some nice clothes. Where did
1: we go wrong, Pat? Huh?
0: Excuse me. But we are not trying to become ICI. We're not. We're not. You know, building a business on that scale. We don't have to appeal to to many people to grab a fair share of the market. And I think what we do quite well is that we position ourselves in a in a in a space that some of the client base will will want to be in. And we try and work with those those people as as effectively as we as we possibly can. It's always very tempting because you do see all the glitz and glamour and think, I should be doing that. I should be jumping out of a speedboat in my speedos. Maybe not. If you're in a space that's very high-end, if that market quietens down, you've got nowhere else to go, kind of thing. And I've I've seen that recently. I think the high end of the market is a little quieter than it has been the last couple of years because that glutton demand since COVID has been has been uh, satisfied, so yeah, there are big spending clients out there for sure, but not as many I don't think as the last couple of years. We're not seeing as many. Oh, we've sold this 10 million euro bill, We've sold this 15 million euro blah 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 blah. Which used to be every week, didn't it? And now it's kind of like, sorry, you know, where are you? And if you're in that in that position in the market and you have got all those costs of of marketing those types of properties. You have six months without selling one, then you're going to feel it.
1: In the last, particularly the last post COVID, I would say, there has been an explosion in what you suppose you would call the super prime market here, which isn't traditionally a large piece of certainly not in transaction volume of what the market Marbella is. Marbella is high end for sure, with some splatterings of super prime, but I think what you were referring to a minute ago, those like ten plus million, eight plus million, even has it historically been the bread and butter of the high-end market here. The high-end market here, would it be right to say, is typically two and a bit, up to, up to five, that sort of range. Do you see that because of all the publicity my has had internationally, branded residences, et cetera, it, it has raised it so that we are now on a higher average as for good, or do you think it's just a post-COVID thing and it's just going to go back down?
0: No, I think I think it's there to stay. I think that Marbella has sort of reinvented itself as a destination rather than just a you know a holiday home kind of place. So it's become probably the only place in Europe if you want a five star lifestyle all year round. Um, it's become the place to go. There used to be a competition, didn't there, between Marbella and Saint Tropez? Saint Tropez is beautiful and it still attracts a, 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 a clientele, but Marbella is racing away with it at the moment. And I think because of that, prices have, have risen. As you say, it, it's created a new kind of super prime um, price range. And now we're bandying figures around. We just had a meeting this morning with a developer who's selling villas at 6 to 7 million euros. 10 years ago, you know, if you were to sell a 6.4 million euro villa or even go in one, you'd be like, oh, what, what? There's a 6 million euro villa in my bed? So sometimes you have to pinch yourself and think, crikey, you know, what, what world are we living in? But that's where the market has gone. And it's because it's an international buyer base. It's people from all over the world looking for a a safe haven in terms of their lives and their their lifestyles, but also a safe haven for their money. And I think we're seeing, and we have seen a glut of that. And there's still a lot of wealthy people out there in the world who who want a piece of it. So I can't see that dropping anytime, anytime soon. I think the top end of the market has suffered a little bit because I just don't think there's as many people in that market this year as there was in the last two years. And that's just because of that. There was that surge for those super wealthy people to find lovely homes in Marbella. That's kind of where where it was. Now, I think, yeah, there's still buyers in that market, but I don't, I don't think there's hundreds.
1: And do you feel that the agencies that are opening a lot of offices at the moment are being... Mm-hmm. Ambitious or naive? Bang! That was, that was a bit marked That's up.
0: question, wasn't it? No, do you know what? I think I think Marbella as a destination and the Costa del Sol as a destination, long term is is fantastic for primary home buyers, for secondary home buyers, for investors. I I see it just rolling and rolling. I think it, the nice thing is, okay, we've had a couple of years of of genuine growth in terms of price growth. I think now we're seeing a little calmness coming back to the market, which is good. Because what you don't want is the market to overheat. And I think we're seeing just gradual price rises, obviously, in the more popular locations. You know, There are some locations that still lag behind a little bit, and those rises have been less. So I think the market's in good health. I think the the, the fact that there's a lack of supply, um, because, well, of course, what happened in the, the COVID times, or just after the COVID times, when everyone wanted to buy, a lot of sellers decided, we don't want to sell. Because we love our place in the Costa del Sol. We haven't been able to go there for two years. Holidays are now really important to us. In fact, we might move over there ourselves. So there was a lack of of supply of good resale stock in good areas. Yeah, developers are building, but they're selling out. So there's so many little nuances, so many little triggers and market forces at play here. You know, people don't ever talk about that that COVID thing with vendors. We had vendors who were saying, well, no, I'm not selling mine. They wanted to sell during COVID because we all thought the world was going to end. COVID finished, they got on a plane and I thought, ooh, Spain's nice. If
1: you had to give it a, well, zero being awful and 10 being smoking hot on fire, where would you put, what rating would you give the market at the For moment me, here? Yeah, As an agent, I would say seven and a half. Okay.
0: Steady, steady seven and a half. Very good. Until the next one.
1: The reason why we're doing this video is to announce (gasps) that we're going to be doing a joint punk podcast. Punk
0: punk (laughs) podcast?